What up, what up, what up, those Laptop Chronicles? You know it is. It's your host, Al, and uh, got a special guest. First time on this podcast, but uh, we recorded for Corey's podcast. Shout out to my man, Corey, Baltimore County Forever Podcast. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's not with us today. He's on, a, he's on a mission for the weekend. Shout out to him. But, um, um, yeah, special guest. So... Go ahead, introduce yourself to the people. Forward a little bit. What up? My name is Kristen. That's all I gotta say about myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Kristen is just like Corey, like literally a a day one. Like literally somebody we met, I met from the word go and we've been cool ever since. Um, so the title of this episode is called Pride and Prejudice. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Pride and Prejudice is a book, is a novel um, that was written, um, shit, I can't remember, but fuck it. But it's a very, it's one of those, it's known as a classic novel. But I'm calling this one Pride and Prejudice because it is Pride Month and also because of what's going on in the world right now. So today, I attended a Black Lives Matter rally in Annapolis, and we walked um, from Robin Hood neighborhood across to, uh, see, across, what's that, Eastport. Um, Not too sure the neighborhoods. I ain't never really hung out in Annapolis like that. But along the way, like, the chants were... You know, say his name, George Floyd. Say her name, Breonna Taylor. Excuse me. And, um, hey, hey, ho, ho, racist police got to go. I was like, yeah, that's a little corny. But, you know, the state of the world right now is, you know, socially, it's not even right now. It's been, it's ongoing, but folks are really across the world, man. Folks are standing up. And so that's why I'm calling this one Pride and Prejudice. So first off, we're going to start off with the pride. So Kristen, how would you define yourself? What you mean by define myself? Um, okay. And please forgive my ignorance. If I say anything out of, you know, that I'm, I'm not understanding of, but you're black, mm-hmm. you're a woman, mm-hmm. and you're gay. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I mean because a lot of people don't, don't you know they say well I don't want to be defined by who I am and as Dave Chappelle puts it which is on right now as Dave Chappelle puts it the alphabet people you know <laughs> what I mean yeah so a lot of people call them the alphabet people yeah so so how do you feel your role or do you even acknowledge it or or feel like you have to fit in to that to the lettering I never feel like I got to fit into the letter. And I just feel like I am who I am. Like, you know, some people, they, they really, like, take it to heart. Like, you know, this is this is what it is. And it is. But for me, like, everybody has their own opinion. People are going to say things that, you, that you're not going to like. So I don't really, like, get too much into it. All right. And that, and that's one thing I noticed is, like, because I, uh, I was talking to, to Corey. And I said, yeah, you know, I'm shooting him the ideas. And I said, I want to talk to somebody, you know, as part of the community. And he was like, dog, talk to Kristen. And I was like, oh, yeah. And that's only because you never stood up and beat your chest like, 
I'm black, I'm gay, you just like, I'm me. Yeah, because, I mean, you could tell, like, even if you get to know me, then you know, you look at me and you're going to say, okay, this is a, a black woman right here. But right. Then it's like, okay, she dressed very dominant, so she must be gay. Right. That's the assumption when you look. Right. You're not going to assume nothing else. You're not going to be like, oh, she's just in the tomboy phase. <laughs> right. Like, you're not going to assume that. So it's like, it is what it is. Like, and if that's what you perceive, nine times out of ten, you're correct. Like, mm-hmm. I am. I am a black woman, and I just so happen to be a lesbian. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know? Nobody has ever, like, disrespected me for me to, like, you know, really have to stand up and, like like you said, beat, beat my chest. Right. I never got disrespected. Right. By nobody, not women or not male. It'd be crazy when, when males be trying to talk to me, but they never came come at me disrespectfully. Like, mm-hmm. you know how some girls be like, well, he said, you ain't never have no dick like this before. No no man has ever approached me like that. Right. So yeah. I just be chilling. Like. And that was my next question is not, because I knew somebody who was a trans man. Mm-hmm. And we was cool, and he would tell me, like, yeah, I'm at work, and, or he was telling me about he had a job, and they found out he was trans, and he felt like they was giving him a hard time, and eventually he ended up getting fired. And part of me was kind of like, he he said that he had mentioned it to somebody, and they told you know other people at the job, and then from there shit was downhill. And on the one hand, I was like, well, why did you say anything? You know, I mean, from that's that's how I met the cat. Is we was at the bar hanging out. This is a couple years ago when I was in Detroit. And uh, I met him through one of my homies. We was all at the bar chilling. And I I thought it was a, a man, like a guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it, it wasn't until he was like, yes, I'm a trans man. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. And then in further conversation, it was like, all right, that's what it is. But then he was like, yeah, I was at work. They said this. I got fired, blah, 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 blah. I had so many problems. And to me, I'm kind of like, well, if you hadn't said anything, nobody would have known. But then I feel feel like saying that is even disrespectful because it's kind of like that's how he chose to define himself. And that's how he chose to announce himself to the world. So it's like, it, like, do do you feel it's like a fine line? Like, I can't really identify like with that type of stuff because that's not what I'm into. Yeah, so maybe that they just he just felt like you know you need to know that this is who I am mm-hmm. instead of just being okay with how he's perceived because he will be perceived as a man anyway. Right. When you look at him. Right. When you, say, when you listen to the voice, the voice may not sound 100%, but it still have like a little bass to it or whatever the case yeah. may be. So if you feel like you were supposed to be born a man and that's the, the course that you took to be in tune with your true self, then I don't see the purpose of you announcing it. That's mm-hmm. just me personally, but right. somebody else may view it totally different. Like, no, like you gotta know, like this is this is my story. This is who I am. Right. Okay. And that's fine too. Yeah. I suppose if that's the way you want to be. Right. 
I don't think I would have did it that way, but yeah, you know. and that's and that's the one thing. Like, <clears throat> so you know, like like you say, when you walk into a room, nine nine times out of ten, the the, the assumption is going to be you're a lesbian, mm-hmm. right? And that's how I've always, cause cause um my cousin, I hung out with her. She lives she lives in Atlanta, and I was hanging out with her and her girlfriend. And the first time, so I was moving down there, and like my whole family was like, "Oh, oh, you going down to see such and such? You know she's a lesbian, right?" And I'm like, "Okay, first of all, that doesn't matter. That's still family." So I get down there, and you know, I'm like, "Hey, I'm showing up to the house," and she's like, "All right, well, I left for a couple minutes. Go, my girlfriend is there waiting for you. You know, what I'm saying she know you coming." And I get to the house, and. You know, I knock on the door and I'm like, "Hey, I'm I'm such and such cousin." They like, "Oh yeah, yeah." You know, she let us know you're coming, and I could have swore I was talking to a dude, cause I mean, I mean, had chin hair, everything. So for me, like that was, I think I spent a week hanging out with them, and it really opened my eyes. Like they took me to a gay club or to a lesbian club, mm-hmm. and it really wasn't a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit in there all clan. You know. I mean, why would you be like that? That's like when I um told. Well, I've been told y'all all of y'all to come to Sweet Heat, but when um Corey and George finally came to Sweet Heat, yeah, like, that's an all girls event, right? Number one, mm-hmm. and then it's just like, what? Like it's if, if you cool, you cool. Yourself, there you go. Then nothing will bother you. Like exactly. what are you bothered for? Exactly. Why, why does it matter what this person does? When they go home, right, or what they like, yeah, like why does it bother you, right? And that's and that's my biggest thing with like religion, you know what I'm saying? Because I never, I'm not a religious, you know, organized religion type of person. Excuse me, but I remember a couple of years ago, no, this was shit. This was during the George Bush years. There was a there was a um a Congress. No, he was a a religious aide to George Bush. And he was very anti-homophobic or very homophobic and pushed, you know, all kind of legislation for, you know, anti-gay this, anti-gay that. And then it came out that he was having a relationship with a guy. And I'm like, yo, how you going to sit here and say you're against people who do this and people who do that or people who are who they are, but you're doing whatever you're doing, which is contrary to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And, and and that always bugged me. And then, you know, I mean, like, say, hanging out with my cousin, I just, like, she took me to a club one night, and, and she was like, yo, I, I told the bartender, you know, you're you're straight, and, you know, it's your first time here, and the, and the bartender was coming, you know, check, quote-unquote, checking on me. But for the most part, everybody was in there minding their own fucking business. Having the time of their life. That, just like anybody else. Just like anybody out, else. You know? Yeah. And, and so that's why, like, I've never, I, I, I guess I'm I'm glad I had that experience to where I'm not like, ew, he's gay. Ew, she's a lesbian. Ew, he's trans. It, that shit don't bother me. It ain't got nothing to do with me. Nothing to do. Like, <laughs> that's why I just never understand about people. Like, yeah. And, and so, like, like what, what really kind of sparked this was, um, friend of mine on Facebook, she put this uh, post up about being 
bisexual versus being biromantic. So I hit her up. I was like, yo, I'm going to need you to explain that. And so she did. And um, she, she, she was telling me, um, like, basically, you know, in, the, in the, the alphabet letters, bisexual people have it the hardest. You know, she felt like, you know, bisexual people just, they, they get it from both sides because they, quote unquote, cover all bases. You know what I'm saying? And then I was like, okay, so what's the difference between bisexual and biromantic? She was like, bisexual is somebody that likes both genders. Biromantic is somebody that likes to be involved with both genders. I was like, that shit sounds sounds the same. Yeah, that sounds like the same thing. Yeah. And so, you know, in, in watching that, you know, Dave Chappelle, he, you know, I just kind of feel like, like he was saying, like, people take up the argument of LGBTQ rights and they just run with it and they kind of pound it into the ground. And it's like, it doesn't need to be pounded into the ground to where you have an argument about one side of bisexuality meaning the same thing to me. So, I don't know. But that's just me and my my opinion. I guess bisexual people probably do have it the hardest. Because mm. it's a double standard anyway. Like, nobody wants to really deal. No straight woman wants to deal with a bisexual man. Mm-hmm. You may have some that may be open to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I know it, they ex- exist. Somewhere mm. they exist. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, a woman is not dealing with a bisexual man. And then, like, a female is kind of like it's cool for it's it's cool for a female to be bisexual in certain people eyes but not some lesbians wouldn't fuck with a bisexual right yep because it's kind of like I guess it's just it would be like because of this the stories they may have heard because I think it's possible for somebody to like both sexes and deal with them when they deal with them like I think a bisexual woman can deal with a lesbian and be only with that girl at that moment because that's who she's attracted to that's who she wants to be with mm-hmm. and not really like fuck with a with a man but in the back of her, her shorty's head she's gonna, she be gonna thinking, leave her like, for yeah and she might leave me for a man or what, but what about if her man is really in jail or some shit like that right like, yeah stuff like that because you know like the saying about lesbians is they move quick mm-hmm I mean, I've seen it with my own eyes, but, you know, that they move very quick. <laughs> <laughs> they move very quick, so it's kind of like, you know, uh, her man is in jail. Yeah. This bitch over here, she going to take care of my kids, too, so <laughs> I'm good over here, but right. she's still going to see her nigga in jail. She taking right. this bitch money. And Damn, that's serious. Putting it on his books, like, all right. type shit going in the back of your yeah, head. Like, yeah, yeah. You know? And and see to me like that's that's just being secure or unsecure in a relationship period. Cause that's like if I get with a chick and her dude is in jail, she could she could leave me for when dude come out or she be taking my money. It's the same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel you in that. All right, so my next question is: Do you okay with it being Pride Month? Um, 
you know, seeing seeing people, you know, hang out the the flags and everything. Do you feel a responsibility to promote positive um, conversation and positive imaging as you see it being in the LGBT community? Okay, all right, that makes no sense. All right, please excuse me, I have been drinking. Y'all know what it is, the rum is flowing. <laughs> like, okay, with it being Pride Month, do uh-huh. you, do you you know, like, go to rallies or do you tell people, like, hey, it's Pride Month? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, like for Black History Month, everybody's posting up something for Black History Month. I probably post something up. I'm, mm. I won't lie, like, I'm not really, like, really too deep into it, like... Yeah. You know, oh, it's Pride Month. Right. Let's, let's get lit type shit. Like right. That. I might, like, say a little something. I'm not going to say it all month. I'm not dropping quotes every single day. Okay, yeah. This and that. I, I, I don't do that. Yeah. I would be a liar if I said I did. Okay. I, I've never did it. Right. I have been to the parades and stuff like that, though. I have not been in years. It's not really like my scene like that. Okay. That, you know. Yeah. I'm happy, of course. Like, right. You know. Right. Okay. Like my people and all of that, but I'm just not. Yeah, you're not, you're not a beat I'm your not, chest. Yeah, like, nah, like, it is what it is. Like, right. I know. I'm right. happy. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, I mean, like I said, everybody's different. I mean, shit, you see me on, on social media, I be posting up all my black shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Cool. Right, right. Okay. All right. That's what you into. It's like, you know, you into that type of type of thing. Like, fulfills you some type of way. Right. So, so okay. Okay. All right. So, all right, so let's shift gears. Um, so, let me see. I don't know if you if you heard the couple episodes. I think it was two episodes ago that me and Corey did. But he came over, and he and, and we was talking for a while before we actually recorded. And he, I could tell, like, it's the same, same thing with me. It's like we have this platform. We have podcasts. We talk about what we talk about. But. You can't ignore what's going on as far as the police brutality. And he felt like he was like, I want to record, but I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. It was like, does, you know, he felt like, should I talk about the music shit like, I, like I've been doing? Or do I talk about what's really bothering me, what's going on in the streets? And I felt the same way. I'm like, I talk about what I talk about, but it's like, damn, another black person has been brutalized by the police you know what i'm saying they just found a sixth person hanging from a tree and they called it a suicide it's like you can't ignore what's going on in these streets you know um i just came from annapolis you know and we were we were marching and it was about maybe a hundred and maybe 150 people and we cut through the hood, and I just, it kind of hurt, because I'm looking at, at these dudes that are, you know, I can tell this they neighborhood or whatever, they, you know, standing on the, on the streets doing their thing. But I, in my head, I'm thinking, yo, these people are out here for you. We are out here for you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I, people like, you know, me, you, Corey, you know, a lot of our friends, a lot of our coworkers, or, you know, your coworkers, everything, we really don't have to worry about getting knocked by the cops. 
because we go to work, we go home. Right. You know what I'm saying? We're not standing on the corner doing, doing you know, the other shit. But I'm not knocking somebody's right or somebody's hustle. But at the same time, I don't want to see, no, nobody deserves to have a fucking knee on their neck for nine goddamn minutes. You know what I'm saying? No, nobody deserves to be murdered in their bed while they're trying to sleep. And so it's like, how how do you navigate that? You know. So I guess I'm 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 asking you, what what is your how how have you dealt with COVID, police brutality, all of this shit? So how have I dealt with the year so far? Yes, perfect. Here we go. Yeah. Basically. I mean, it's been sad. I can't lie. Like. The whole COVID shit is just freaky to me anyway. Like, every time we turn around, it's, it's somewhere. It's in the air. It's on the surface. Oh, you can't get it off the surface. Oh, it's in your phone. <laughs> it's underneath right. your shoe. It'll get in your eye. Wear gloves. <laughs> Wear a mask. You can't breathe. <laughs> right. Walking with them shits. Like, right. It's just been crazy. And, like, the the police brutality is just... It's just, like, so dead. It's been there, like, in your face. But then it's just, like, as the years go on, it's, like, it's worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, like, damn. And it's, like, you know, people always be, like, why are you just standing there recording? But it's kind of, like, you, he, they killing them. Why? You want me to go and get killed, too? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I'm recording it now. The whole world could see it and maybe something to get done. But you want me, what am I supposed to do? Right, exactly. Now, you know, remember when they killed Eric Garner? Mm-hmm. You know the guy that recorded that, he ended up in jail? Like I think a I heard week later. About that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, the A lot of the, the organizers for the protest in um, Ferguson after Michael Brown was killed, a lot of them were found dead in. They were ruled suicides. There was a there's a picture of a guy um, who yeah I know it's ran it's crazy, but he's throwing back a, a tear gas canister, mm-hmm. and the photographer caught it perfect where he's he's about to launch it, and he's wearing a, a USA flag tank top. I love that picture, absolutely love it, and he was found dead about, I want to say like a month after the protest in Ferguson. So it's like, yeah, we recording and, you know, people like, yeah, you know, the cops, you know what I'm saying, doing something, you got to stand up, you got to, you know what I'm saying, crack their heads, blah, blah, blah. But what happens after that? You know what I'm saying? Cop come at you, all right, bet I hit him, I say something, I, you know, I charge at him, cool. Now, me and you are at the risk of dying. You know what I'm saying, and that's the and it's such a it's such a. It's like a suicide mission a little bit. Yeah. You know, cause it's like, you know, you know it's right. You know you should like mm-hmm. stop them, or whatever. But it's like, damn, like what about my family? Right. Like, cause if if they would, I could just see it. Like even if the niggas nailing nailing, I can't even talk. Smoke too much weed. <laughs> nailing on his neck. If somebody would have walked up. The other cops would have drew would have drew their guns. Right. Yep. They would have drew the guns. They wouldn't have went for the tasers. It would have just been the guns. Mm-hmm. And then now you got he's still on the ground. He can't breathe. Mm-hmm. And somebody shot. Yep. 
Yeah. And that's what I told I told a friend of mine. I was like, at the end of the day, are are we are we really, you know, you really gotta ask yourself, are you willing to die for this? You know what I'm saying? You look at you might have kids or whatever, are you know, and there's nothing wrong with, with saying, No, I'm not willing to die for this. Right. And I, and I think that's what that's the reality that 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 people, I think if people understood that more, then I think a little more would get done. You know, instead of this, burn down the police station, fight the cops. Instead of saying, "Wait a minute, I'm not willing to die for this," mm-hmm. but let me look at other ways that I can change what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, I was talking to it was a, it was a lot of white people out there marching with us, or we was all marching together, and somebody said, "Well, how do I do more?" You know, a white person asked me, "How do I do more?" She was like, "You know, I I want to march more." I said, "Well, think about it." I said, "If it's December, you're not going to march. If you're in Arizona in July, you're not going to march. It's too fucking hot." Mm-hmm. I said, "But." You know, like I, I found um, a website that's basically a go a GoFundMe for teachers. Give, you know, what I'm saying like so. I try to give money to teachers in all around the world. You know, me, I I try to pick teachers in Detroit. You know, what I'm saying because hometown, mom's taught there. I got love for Detroit, so I try to find inner city schools in Detroit and teachers that say, hey, we need a hundred dollars for this. I'm going to try and give money because I feel like maybe that'll help teach the kids and maybe they'll understand a little bit more. I just feel like that's ways to get involved instead of saying, we're going to beat the pavement every day. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and I just, I don't know, I think I think people got to gotta really look in the mirror and say, no, I'm not willing to die for this. And that's cool, but let me find other ways to make a positive impact continuously. Don't just do it now. Do it next year and year after that, in 2025 and 2030. You know what I'm saying? So, but, so, uh, yeah. Shit's heavy. Shit's it heavy. Is. It is. A, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. And, and and the fucked up part is, man, like, so in, in my in my family in particular, my uh, you know, I was talking when when the uh, initial protest happened downtown Baltimore, my mom's was out driving, you know, and um, she came in and I was like, hey, did you uh, did you go down, you know, go downtown to protest? She was like, nah, I drove around it, you know. I said, this feel like 1967 all over again, huh? She said, yeah. So she, you know, in 1967, the, the riots in Detroit happened mm-hmm. because the cops killed black people coming out of a bar. So that's what, almost 60 years ago? And then you talking about, you know, we just had the 99th anniversary of, of the Tulsa massacre. That was 19... Uh, 1921, you know, and and in my my particular family, my great-great-grandfather and his son were lynched 
They were hung from trees in Georgia. So we've been dealing with this ever since. And it's kind of like, damn, is this shit ever going to fucking stop? You know, at, at some point, man, something's got to give. And, I, you know, I, I, I think we feel like it's not going to be us. But at the same time, they feel like it's not going to be them either. Right. So what do you do? You know, what do you do? So, all right, so check this out. We're going to do something new for the podcast. I got a shout-out to uh, Poddex, um, poddex.com, and it's a deck of cards with random questions, right? Random questions. I don't even know what the questions are. All right, mix them up. Let's see. Let's see. We're going to pull. Let's see. The first question I'm going to ask is, what's the funniest name you can think of for a pet? That's kind of lame, but funniest name. Funniest name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know, like what? All right, fuck. Speaking of pets, how's D? Oh, he cool. I just took him to the groomers today. Okay. Clean. All right, all right. For 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 I mean, like I say, for those of y'all who don't know, me and Kristen been cool. Fuck, I'm going on what eleven years? Yeah, it's probably. And I've been hearing about D for eleven years. Yeah, dang, he is 11, huh? Damn, yeah. So, shout out to D. All right, next one. <laughs> what's the What's the funniest, most disappointing, or weirdest text you've ever received? Funniest. <laughs> Yo, it wasn't even a text message, though. It was a DM. My ex-girlfriend's wife. Okay. That was the funniest, most disappointing text message I ever had. All in one? Yeah, because it's funny to me because it's like, look at this bitch. And it's disappointing because it's like, no, this bitch didn't come to me. Right. Coming to me as a woman. <laughs> Fuck, bitch, I don't want. Fuck out of here. Like, I was so tight. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? You want your fucking wife, bitch? Yeah. What is wrong with you? Oh, my God. Okay, so she covered all those bases. So yeah, yeah. Fuck DMs. Alright, so next one. Let me see. If you had a personal mascot, what would it be? Personal mascot. I don't even know. A midget or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, people really scared of midgets. That's crazy. Yo, that bugs me out. <laughs> like, how you scared of the short people? The, like, right. They're just short. I knew a dude who was, uh, I was stationed with him. He was 6'6", six, six, and he was scared. He was scared of midgets. I'm like, bruh, you're a, you're a fucking giant. He was like, I don't know. They just freaked me out. Like, oh, what are they going to do? You freaked them out too, bitch? Like, you're whole you're tall. tall. Right? <laughs> Why are you so tall? <laughs> Yo, oh, man. Let me see. If I had a personal mascot, um... Personal man, damn, that is a hard one. Personal mascot. Only one I can think of right now is the the lion for the uh, Denver Nuggets, and I don't know fucking why. I really don't know why. So yeah, we'll just go with that one. All right, next one. Let me see. Now nah, that's fucking retarded. We're not gonna. All right, what's this one? If you could jump into a pool full of something, what would it be? 
True, especially if you grew up watching DuckTales. Why wouldn't I want to jump in the pool full of money? Real money, too. Not no fake shit. No coins, neither. Yo, I seen this thing. Of course, man, we fucking analytical as shit now. They said uh, they they analyzed how much money was in Uncle Scrooge's uh, pool. Mm -hmm. And they said it was something like $200 trillion. I'm like... Whatever, I mean, okay. Yeah, right? Yo, I started watching DuckTales again on Disney+. Plus. I don't even got Disney+. Plus. Oh, you missing out. You missing out. Gotta get it. Like, I was just like, what am I getting it for? True, true, true. I mean, you, you, yeah. See, I'm unproductive as shit, so. Um, okay. What's something I would never guess about you? Why would I tell you that? <laughs> you would never guess it. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. All right, let me see. All right, we'll make it three more. Let me see. Um, would, would you rather be the most popular kid in school or the smartest kid in school? Smartest. Yeah. It's crazy. Me, me and my, me and my dudes was in the was in the group chat last night, and uh, one of the dudes he's in the he's in the anime and cosplay and all that, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I got somebody coming through. She liked one of my costumes, so I was talking it up. And I told him, I said, man, it's funny that growing up, I was one of them honor roll nerd kids. Mm -hmm. You know, plus I was funny looking as shit. So it's kind of like, damn, you know, never going to outgrow that nerd stage. But then you, you get to be an adult and you realize that a lot of people are attracted to intelligence. You know, like you just spouting random history shit, and they like, damn, that shit's turned. Yeah, like, I'm like, word. <laughs> it made me want to go back to to all the high schools and tell them, tell all the nerd kids like, yo, just just hold on. Yeah, yeah, it'll be yourself. It, it's it's coming. Somebody gonna like you for you. Exactly. If people just be fixed on liking what everybody else like, I think, mm-hmm. like, you know, even in like high school, the popular people. I wasn't popular. I wasn't a nerd neither. I was like right in between. Yeah. Like I did my work and I knew the popular people and I knew the nerds too. Right. But I didn't sit with no group. I just said like regular, you know. Yeah. I'm just I'm still the same person. Like I'm not gonna say much. You gotta ask me questions. You don't ask me questions, you're not getting nothing out of me. I'm sitting here. Yeah. I'm chilling. What you want? Right. <laughs> Yo, it's so crazy. I walked out of a um, I walked out of a gas station today, and um, this dude he was asking. I could tell he was asking people for money, and he looked at me, and he didn't say nothing. I'd have gave him some money if he said something, but then the guy behind me, he asked him for money. He gave it to him. So I was telling my mom, so I was like, yo, I said, it's funny that dude looked at me and, and you know, immediately felt like he couldn't ask me for money. She said, yeah, it's because you look mean as shit. I'm like, I'm thinking about fucking butterflies and she was like, yeah, you might be smiling on the inside, but... She ain't smiling. <laughs> yeah, I get the same thing too. You know, it's always be like, if she look mean until yeah. they know me, then they be like, oh, she's not even mean. Yeah, like, what the fuck? You know, anyway, I mean, shit, I'd have gave my man, I'd have gave him buku dollars, you know, two, three dollars, but, you know, it's whatever. All right, so we're going to make this the last one. Uh, nah, that's not going to be the last one. Oh. What happened on your worst date? Oh! <laughs> we got a good one. Worst date? Worst date. Yo, 
so check this out. I went on a date, right? I got two stories. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna tell you one. The first, I'm gonna tell you the one that's not so bad. All right. Shorty, I talked to whatever, right? I had one out. I was with my sisters before I linked with her. I was drinking with my sisters. Mm -hmm. I had to pee so bad, I couldn't even make it to Shorty Crib. I had to pull over on the side of the highway. So I pull over on the side of the highway, I pee. I'm not listening. I, I knew where me and Shorty was linking, so I go straight to link her. I didn't even use the address that she gave me in her phone, which I mean to my phone, which was her house. Right. So when I'm like I'm here, she like you not here. Like where you at? Uh -huh. I'm like well I'm at the place. She was like you ain't go to the address type shit. She was like all right I'll be there in ten minutes. So I'm sitting there. I already been drinking and shit. Mm -hmm. I already ate a little something. So I just get a water because number one I gotta go to work the next day. Right. And I'm already I've already been drinking. Shorty comes in, she gets her drink, she orders her little appetizer or whatever. We sitting there, we chopping it up, check right. comes. I reach for my wallet, nigga. My wallet is not there. So I said, I check my pocket, I'm like, I think my wallet is in my car. I go to my car, no fucking wallet. My wallet had to drop out on the side of the fucking highway. And it's the first date, like, type mm -hmm. outing. I can't even pay for her appetizer and her drink. And I'm sitting there like, yo, this bitch is not going to call me, number one, because how I look, you walk in here and I'm drinking water. I already look like a broke bitch anyway. I look broke. I'm drinking water. Uh-huh. At the bar. I'm drinking water at the bar, Lean. You hear what I'm saying to you? Mm. And then now I don't got no money. And I'm like, yo, I could just cash after you the money because I know I got money. Right. Like, I'm not broke. Right, right, <laughs> I got right. got the money. Right. So let me just send it to you. She's like, nah, don't worry about it. It's not that big of a deal. Shit was only like $15 or $20-something or something right. like that. But it's still like, it's and the I'm, like and I'm just like, she is not going to call me. She's still calling me. Okay. I'm that nigga. Uh, oh, my bad player. <laughs> but nah, the worst, one, this is one of the worst days ever. All right. I go out. I'm in New York. So I fly to New York. Right. No, whatever, because I was living out here. Go out on the date. So, before I'm on the date, she was like, you know, where do you want to go? Like, it's a place you ain't been in a minute. And at the time, I haven't been to BBQ's in a minute. Okay. So I'm like, let's just go there. She was like, we go there and get drinks or whatever the case may be. Blah, blah, blah. So we go there, we get drinks. Now, everybody know, know that I drink Hennessy. So when I'm out here, I'm drinking Hennessy. I'm drinking Hennessy. So she orders my drink for me. It's like this big ass drink, and they got like the champagne, little miniature shit. Going yeah, yeah, down. yep. I know what you're talking about. Or whatever. So I drink that, and then she's like, "All right, well, let's get a shot of Henny since you like Henny." So I take the shot of Henny. She's like, "Something is in the movies, or whatever." We went to another. We went to this museum first. Then she was like, "Let's just go to the movies or whatever." Like, let me stop the liquor store. Mm -hmm. So then she gets Bacardi. Now, I haven't drunk Bacardi in years, but I'm vibing with her, so I'm just like, I'm going to drink what she drinking. Like, I've been drinking. Number one, I fell asleep in the movie. <laughs> so, now the movie's over. She, she got to wake me up, right? <laughs> you were sleep, sleep. I'm sleep. So, she like, you know, let's get you something to eat. McDonald's. Yeah, we in Times Square. Okay. So like, McDonald's is right here. Let's just get some. Because we drove to Harlem and got on the train. Okay. And then... Going back, we get on the train to Harlem and then drive back to her crib and shit like that. Right. Nigga. 
I get on the train. The smell of the train and the motion. I grew up all in that car. <sighs> and this niggas in the, And all I keep saying is, yo, they're going to put me on World Star when I get back to work. These niggas is going to roast me. That's all I kept <laughs> saying, saying. I'm just like, I'm like, oh my, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> It's a fucked up date, bro. I threw up mm. in public mm. on the train. Damn. On the two train at that. <laughs> I remember it. I remember that shit like it was yesterday. That shit is embarrassing, yo. Uh, yeah, well, I went on a date and uh, didn't have enough money in my account. So I didn't lose my wallet. I just ain't had no funds. Mm. Yeah. And it was. I was really feeling shorty, too. Shout out to her. You know, the hazel-eyed angel. But yo, I had to, I had to, uh, man, I had to call my mom's. Like, yo, ma, I need you to float me a 50 spot. She was like, where you at? I'm, you know, I'm down at the spot. I think I told her I lost my wallet. But no, they ran my card and was like, uh, sir, it's declined. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, but she still went out with me. It was cool. But. If you're listening, I know you remember it. It's all good. But anyway, so yo, thank you for coming through and uh, talking about a couple things. Um, let me see, let me see. Any shout outs? Nah, I mean, shout out to the people. All the people. <laughs> Black Lives Matter. There we go. There we go. Um, yeah, you know, Black Lives Matter. Read. You know, a lot of people are asking me what what can they do to understand what's going on, <clears throat> read, you know, one of the books, um, somebody asked me the other day and I told him to read a book called the color of law it talks about redlining, which you don't know what that is. It's, um, gerrymandering and how real estate agents keep people from buying houses in certain neighborhoods. Therefore, you know, making certain neighborhoods, you know, uh, dominated by certain ethnicities. Um, I couldn't buy a house in Delaney Valley, for example. They would never show me a house over there. You know, that kind of shit happens. So uh, I'm just going to say, yeah, you know, this we're we going to call this uh, Al's Book Club. Start with the color of law. Um, read, you know what I'm saying? Understand people's, you know, our plight, everybody's plight. You know what I'm saying? Folks is going through some shit, man. And, and don't just take it for granted. Uh, as usual, eat clean. You'll taste better. Drink plenty of water. And on that note, we out. Peace. Bye. Big thanks to Kristen for coming through, sitting down, and uh, getting on the microphone with me. You know, we talked about a couple things. Hope to have her on some more. Um, yeah, so, you know, I just wanted to, you know, close out this episode with, you know, a couple extra notes. Um, you know, it's, it's June, um, it's Black Music Month, so, you know, get out there, support, um, underground artists, um, you know, I've been listening to a lot of good music, and how I've been finding it is, you know, picking, you know, one of my favorite artists, and, you know, whether it's, I use Google, but, you know, um, use Google, uh, Apple, whatever, and just hit radio. You'll find so much new music that, you know, like I put my phone in my pocket and I've been listening to a lot of things just kind of unbiased to see a name and I don't skip, you know, I don't see a name, so I don't skip over the music. 
I'm just, you know, instead of saying, oh, that's that person, I don't, I don't want to hear him. But yeah, I've listened to some good music, man. So, you know, listen to good music, it relaxes you, um, takes your mind off things in, in a way, in a lot of different ways. Um, but at the same time, you know, I do have a, a an affinity for music and with everything that's going on right now, um, it's not new, you know, and I think that's the frustrating part is the the hate, the racism, the homophobia, the xenophobia. It's it has existed for as, as long as you know, two, three, four hundred years, and you know, I think kind of at this point in history, you know, this millennia, we're just like fuck, man, like we. How are we still going through this shit, you know? Um, and I've I found a lot of music that, you know, artists are constantly speaking about this, you know? Um, like, I'm going to give y'all a couple songs to listen to. Um, one of them is called Ball of Confusion by The Temptations. You know, they wrote that song back in the 70s. And when you listen to it, you're like, damn, we're still going through the same shit, you know? Um... Listen to Good Kid by Kendrick Lamar. You know, that that uh, second verse is is instrumental in detailing the, you know, what it is to be, you know, young and black um, or Latino in Southern California, dealing with, you know, all of that shit, you know. Um, Crack Music by Kanye. Very, very instrumental. Very good lesson on what the the 80s and the crack era did to the black and latino communities particularly the black community you know i i can remember just being in my grandmother's neighborhood and seeing it change you know you start to see more and more people walk up and down the street and you hear more and more killings and more and more people going to jail and you know, as I got older, realized what the what the Rockefeller laws were, and the, and the crack and cocaine sentencing laws are. You know, it's it's sickening. Um, there's a song by um, Wale called "DC or Nothing," where he talks about the gentrification that has and is happening in DC, as well as almost every major country, every made every major city around the country. You know, they, they overtax people, um, and people in these in these communities, they can no longer afford their housing just to make way for, you know, these these newly, quote-unquote, redeveloped areas, and these, you know, um, developers and politicians, they, they're in on it, you know, um, the people can no longer afford to live there. And so you get these new businesses and, and you know, businesses that are owned by uh, blacks, Latinos, Asians. Um, a lot of them are not able to secure the, the proper paperwork and funding um, to open their business. Um, and then a lot of times as patron, as patrons, you know, we aren't welcomed in these businesses. And it's, it's crazy that, you know, we think that it happens to one person on an individual level, but 
it keeps having happening over and over again and you realize that you know people have come to accept certain things in society you know and um i, I fucking hate gentrification you know i really do because it's squeezed out so many people in so many different ways um another song by uh anderson pack it's called lockdown um very very good video um check out that video and he just talks about being frustrated as a black person going seeing what's going on right now and and what the government is doing um another song another video that that just came out is called field nigga by reason um it's, you know, I can't speak enough about people, people felt like, you know, rap music or music in general is, you know, don't, or, or the artists don't speak on things that are going on in society. But one thing that I've noticed is that rap artists have always been speaking on the the frustration that they felt from being over-policed and under-educated, um, miseducated. Um, it's all there in the music, you know. People just haven't haven't been listening, you know. And and um, I encourage you to listen to to YG featuring Nipsey Hussle. Fuck Donald Trump. <laughs> play that loud. Yes, play that very loud. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's Black Music Month, so you know, get out there, listen to some music, man. Put on your Put on your headphones, um, connect the Bluetooth in your car, and and turn that shit up, man. You know, Juneteenth just happened. I was riding around listening to "I'm Black" by Styles P, and, and a couple folks, you know, looking at me like, "Yeah, you know, I'm glad you're playing that shit," you know. Um, and I'm going to encourage you all to read, read. Um, and if you don't read, you know, get get with the audio books. You know, I, I know the world is moving at a fast pace right now. Um, so people don't have time to sit down and read like they used to. So, you know, find a book. You know, it, they, it comes in different formats now. You can read it, you can listen to it. But one of the books I want I want you all, you know, I'm encouraging you all to, to get into is called The Color of Law. A Forgotten History of How Our Government segregated America and it's by Richard Rothstein right and it talks about um redlining you know um I'm I'm from Detroit so I, I grew up listening to my grand uh, my grandmother talk about how she how she grew up in the area of Detroit called Black Bottom um, my dad lived there too and it was it was an area um kind of towards a little bit past downtown Detroit. And one thing that my dad used to say is when they were kids, my my grandmother, my other grandmother, this is uh my my paternal grandmother, and her sisters would encourage all the kids to to play so what the surveyors would do was they were coming through and just walking down people's yards with chalk. So my aunts and my grandmother, they were encouraging my dad and his cousins and my uncles to go play in the grass and kick the chalk up 
And he said eventually they just came through with spray paint. And so what that was was a, a, a marker of where they were going to start digging up this neighborhood. And what is today I-75 through downtown Detroit is what broke up Black Bottom. You know, it destroyed that that community um, that was there in Detroit. Um, the same way that the community of Tulsa, Oklahoma and um, Black Wall Street was destroyed, um, completely destroyed, utterly destroyed, bombed, burned, people were killed. And it's crazy that, you know, and, and it wasn't just... Tulsa. It wasn't just Detroit. Um, it was Edgewood in Atlanta. It was um, Rosewood in Florida. It's Seneca Village in what is now Manhattan. You know, Seneca Village was um, a self-contained um, community of black people that was bulldozed and raised. And what sits there now is Central Park. You know, so... The, the government has been destroying um, communities for, for people of color, you know, for years and years. And then you have the issue of redlining. You know, um, it, you, I learned that going to buy a house, you can't look or you won't be shown houses in certain areas. Um, you know, real estate agents will steer you in certain places. Um, and it's it's pretty much government-sponsored, you know. So check that book out. Um, the, next, the next book um, is uh, The New Jim Crow by, by Michelle Alexander. Um, I'll admit, I got this sitting on my shelf. My dad gave it to me, and... I've been it's been sitting on my shelf for about for about six months. So I'm gonna get to that one. Uh we're gonna have a laptop chronicles book club. We're gonna read it. I'ma read it, y'all gonna read it, and then somehow we're gonna talk about it. Um another book I wanted I wanted to get, I haven't gotten it yet, but it's called White Fragility. Why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism. Um I, I can say that. Ever since people watched George Floyd get murdered on on video, you know, like Dave Chappelle said, eight minutes and forty six seconds. We we watched this man take his last breath, and um, people have been not not just not just people in general, but black people, white people, um, have been. It just, it, it it has enraged people, you know, it's almost like, you know, enough is enough. And it's not just about George Floyd. Um, you know, we still have the issue with Breonna Taylor, um, where the cops got fired. Okay, you know, that, is there going to be any, any kind of legal retribution? You know, I, I saw a tweet where somebody said, well, if you just if you just obey the law, the cops won't do anything. Somebody replied, Breonna Taylor was sleeping, you know, and it's, and it's fucking sickening, man, that, you know, we, we watched Eric Garner take his last breath. And do you know that 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 police officer that killed him, um, 
was fired, but sued the NYPD to get his job back. Like, bro, you you choked a man to death. Like, what the fuck, you know? And um, and, and everybody is applauding um Andrew Cuomo for signing into legislation um, that chokeholds are illegal by the NYPD. It's like, motherfucker, that shit should have been signed when Eric Garner was choked to death on camera. You know, like, damn, it's just, I don't know, man. It's, it's fucked up, you know. Um, but yeah, I encourage y'all to get those books. Um, encourage y'all to listen to these songs. Um, and then, uh, y'all, I, I encourage you all to, um, watch a couple things, um, on Amazon, on, on Prime Video, there's a documentary that Meek Mill did, it's called Free Meek, where he talks about the issue of over-policing and the need for bail reform, as he was, um, I won't say unjustly, but wrong, wrongfully, um, imprisoned on, on, you know, and, and the issues he had to deal with that, you know, even even his celebrity didn't protect him as, you know, we, we think that celebrity protects people. Um, and then then I encourage you all to, to hop on Netflix and there's um, a documentary called L.A. 92, um, which talks about the, the 1992 uprising that happened in Los Angeles as a result of... Um, the acquittal of the police officers that beat Rodney King on camera. Excuse me. And um, I actually have it on right now. It's playing in the background, but you know, after after uh, after I get this all out to the world, I'm a, I'm really gonna watch it comprehensively. You know, I, I remember that time. You know, I, I was 13, 12, 13 years old, and I remember watching watching Rodney King get beat. And those cops, it was it was almost like they were having, you know, like taking turns, like beating this guy. Like, what the fuck, man? And in my head, it was just like, okay, right is right, wrong is wrong. And they got acquitted. And I, I didn't understand it, you know. But I understood why L.A. went up in flames, you know. So, um... And I know I say that I say that a lot, but that was the first time that that really affected me, um, where I realized that that damn, you know, there there is a force of people who feel like they are above the law that they're supposed to uphold. They get away with anything, you know. And and um, that was when my mom first started to have the talk with me, like, hey, when you're out here by yourself, um, you know. Whatever you do, make sure that you make it home. You know, if, if the police stop you, you know, be calm and answer their questions. Um, but whatever you do, just make sure you make it home. You know, and, and even in traffic stops. I've had a cop pull out a gun on me at a traffic stop. You know, and it was, I ain't gonna get into that. But yeah, it happened, man, you know. But yeah, watch Free Meek on Prime and then check out LA92 on Netflix. Um, and something else that I, I'm encouraging you all to do if you're listening is to, you know, because a lot of people, a lot of people wonder what can I do to, to help 
the cause? What can I do to, to help the movement? And right now, you know, we are at, a, at an incredible junction in this country's history. We have mass, mass protests, you know, and it's, it's beautiful to see, very beautiful to see. It's encouraging, you know, but protesting is not, is not just for the moment, you know, um, it's it's other ways. It's a year long fight. It's a daily fight, you know. And one of the things that so it's little things that we could do to help our community, um, help our communities. You know, one of them is is I I encourage people to to don't skip jury duty. You know, um, you always hear you know they say you have been convicted by a jury of your peers. But we've seen shit countless times in history where you hear about um, a, a person of color who's been convicted by an all-white jury. You know, um, I, I live in a county, you know, a lot of us live in, in counties that in areas that are predominantly black or predominantly Hispanic or whatever your, your um, ethnicity is. But when you think about it, you know, like I live in Baltimore County, uh, Baltimore County, Maryland. Um, but Baltimore County goes all the way up to the state line of, um, Pennsylvania, Maryland, you know, so, so when you skip jury duty, you know, you, you're giving somebody from another community who doesn't understand, um, what it's like to live where you're from or, you know, things like that. You, you're giving that person the power to make the, the law unjust and unfair. You know, um, you know, don't don't skip jury duty. Um, another thing, you know, is is um, I, I encourage you all to, to donate money. Um, like one of the things that like one of the organ organizations that I like to donate to um, it's called donorschoose.org and it's for educators um, throughout the country that you know they say hey you know I, I have a I have a classroom and, and we need you know we're trying to get money for computers or something like that or this will help my students in this instructional way and um, I try to I try to find schools um, and, and teachers in Detroit and in Baltimore, and you don't have to give much, man. If, you know, give 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 what you can, give from the heart. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I just feel like that's a way that we can help. Um, you know, our, our educators in this country to encourage the students that going forward into adulthood, you know, build build your career. Um, Learn financial literacy. You know, it it'll help them learn how to save money, how to how to build their credit score, so they can buy a house in a neighborhood where they live, and not just rent an apartment building. Um, I live in I live in a community where um, they they were they were trying to to build you know some some kind of house. They were trying to do something. Um, 
and they were asking asking the homeowners like hey we need you all to come out to the community meeting community board meeting and let us know you know how how you feel and um you can't do that when you are renting i mean you you can but there's you know it's it's different when you when you own a house you know um and so I, I encourage you all to give money to, to educators so they can educate our, our students and our young adults and teenagers. And, and if you have kids, talk to them. Please talk to them. Um, you know, tell them about the skilled trades that not everybody it can go to college. Not, not everybody is, is able to go to college. Not just financially, but, you know, sometimes it's, it's a mental thing, you know, and some people just aren't into it, which that's cool, you know, but when you build um, your your skill set, you know, it's it's okay to be a plumber, an electrician, you know, we, we know this now at 30 and 40, you know, as, as we gotten older, like, man, fucking electricians make a lot of damn money, you know, so why aren't we encouraging you know, people um, as they as they grow into adulthood to seek out these careers because that that helps build the community. You know, so yeah, there's that one. Um, there's it's called Kiva.org, K-I-V-A.org, and what that does, that organization um, helps internationally displaced people um, around the globe. Um, and in different communities around the world, um, try to try to you know, you know people are are you know they they'll say hey I need you know I'm trying to open a shop to you know sell these goods and and they, I need this material, um, and it and it helps you know. Um, so yeah, those you know they're they're those two. And then there's the issue of bail reform. Um, I, I had never, I had never had to deal with bail reform. Um, I've never been locked up. I've been in jail cell, but never been locked up. You know, for any extended amount of time. Um, and so I learned about a young man named Khalif Browder. Um, he's from the Bronx, New York, and he was accused of robbing somebody and stealing a camera and a book bag and him and and a friend were accused uh by two black men or were, were accused by a uh, Mexican person who said it was two black men that robbed him and so when um Khalif was arrested it was two weeks after this incident was supposed to have taken place and so, because he was on pro probation, he was locked up, and he never went home. And his family had got the bail money together, and they took it to the bail bondsman. But the bail bondsman said something like, well, because he's on probation, um, he's not going to be able to get out. And he was locked on. He was locked up on Rikers Island um, for from 2010... Um, until 2013 
And two two years, two of those two of those years, he was in solitary confinement. Um, that that depression, that you know, what what he was going through led him to attempt suicide several times while incarcerated. Um, his trial, he he never had his day in court. Um, for this case, and eventually he was released. Um, and unfortunately, he killed. Uh, he he committed suicide. Um, you know because of the you know the depression and and things like that. And you know bail relief is it, bail reform is needed, much needed. You know, um, and right now, you know we're we're seeing mass protests. Well, with mass protests, they come there comes mass arrest. So, you know, a lot of a lot of people are getting, you know, um, arrested for protesting, um, and, and you know, a lot of people need need help. You know, so there's there's nationalbailout.org. Um, I looked up a couple of couple of things, couple of cities. Um, there's atlsolidarity.org, uh, minnesotafreedomfund.org. Um, there's one in, you know, for for example, there's one for Dallas, Community Bail Fund of NTX.org. Um, and so I, these are community-based um, organizations that, you know, provide this activism for people who cannot. And it's not just about the protesters. It's, it's for people who, you know, cannot afford bail on... On any on any given day, you know, people are are relatively are locked up for for relatively petty crimes, and they can't afford bail. And some of these people are, you know, they find themselves getting months, years of incarceration for fairly small, you know, uh, bails, and and you know it 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 leads to you know, a long line of things, you know, you get, you know, an arrest record and then it just kind of spirals down from there. But I'm sure if you look up any major city or any bail fund, uh, if you Google it, it, it'll pop up, you know. Um, so, yeah, you know, listen, listen to, to some of this music, you know, listen to, listen to it objectively um, because, because people are, have been saying what's wrong. You know, read read the books. They're they're out there. Um, watch the documentaries. Um, and and you know, a lot of people just write. You know, these write this history off as oh, it's just people making noise. It's just people being annoying. You know, no, it, it's it's far from that. You know, people are are tired. Of, of being beaten, um, not just physically, but at work, you know, going to work and having your work ethic questioned because of the color of your skin, you know, um, it, going into a store and, and um, you know, being followed and 
you know, shit's, shit's old, man, you know. So, um, with that being said, man, I'm going to leave y'all with a quote um, by Asada Shakur, um, which, read read her book, um, it's called Asada, her autobiography, it's very, very introspective, but the quote is, nobody in the world, nobody in history has ever gotten their freedom by appealing to the moral sense of the people who were oppressing them. All right. And that's not just and that's not just, um, you know, talking about people that are protesting right now for for um, police reform and things like that. It's it's um, people in the LGBTQIA community. Um, they're fighting for rights. Uh, everybody's fighting for rights. You know, we just want the world to be right. And and I think we you know, I like I. Think the new generation is on the way, you know, especially with what the uh, the youngsters did to that bullshit ass rally in Tulsa that our quote unquote president uh, held, you know. So keep fighting a good fight, man, you know. Um, so yeah, 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 you know. Once again, thank you, Kristen, for coming through. Come through anytime you want to. Um, uh, let's see, let's see. Make sure you drink water. Um, cut back on processed foods. Remember, eat clean. You'll taste better. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, try to smile. You know, try to, try to, you know, try to smile, man. World is, is ugly place. But, uh, yeah, you know. So, um, let me see. What else I got? Um, yeah, check out, you know, podcasts around the world. Shout out to my man, you know, my main man, 50 Grand, man. You know, Corey doing great things in life check out his podcast um we had a great time last night man me and him was kicked back we was eating chicken and taco bell and just just talking you know what i'm saying that's that's what you need in life you need you need a you need a good a good soul you know what i'm saying that that come through and you can just rap to you know um having those deep conversations with people it's, it's good for your soul you know what I'm saying? Especially when that other person is a good person. You know, I know I shout him out a lot, man, but that's my dude, man. He keeps me, keeps me very grounded. Um, yeah, you know, shout out to all my friends, man. Thank you for listening. Biggest thing, thank you for listening. Um, I'm trying, not try. I am going to. I'm gonna bump this up to uh, uh, an episode a week, man. I got, I got mad ideas flowing. So it's gonna be more, more laptop chronicles coming at you. Um, more, oh yeah, the next episode I think is going to be pretty dope, but anyway, I, I'll surprise y'all with that one, but uh, yeah, thank you for listening, thank you for tuning in, um, hit me up on Instagram, um, shoot me an email, um, all that good stuff, and uh, let's wrap a bit, alright, peace. <laughs>